Good evening. Our top story tonight, Stefan Diggs is not at Bill's mandatory minicamp. He was at Bill's mandatory minicamp, and then he took a hike, said, see you later. Something's going on with the Buffalo Bills. Diggs is not happy. Vikings fans starting to experience a little bit of PTSD from the situation. We've got all that and much more from mandatory minicamp and OTAs across the NFL on player profiler today. So, yes, Stefan Diggs is at it again. Stefan Diggs, he showed up yesterday, which was Monday. He got his pre-mini camp physical, made sure everything was right with his body. Showed up again today, which is Tuesday. And then dipped, peaced out, said, see you later. I don't know what happened. No one really knows why Stefan Diggs left. It is being handled in-house, but it is reportedly a non-football-related issue. Is this something to do with coaching, management? I don't know. But Stefan Diggs is not happy. He is not at mandatory minicamp. His agent says he will be, that he will return and will practice this week. But we will wait and see what ultimately shakes up. Josh Allen says that he has Stefan Diggs back, that just some things that they're working through that need to be worked on. And if Stefan Diggs does skip all three practices, he'll end up forfeiting about $99,000. We'll see if he misses that. And there's some speculation on what's going on. Does he have an issue with the coaching staff? Does he have an issue with the front office? Is there something interpersonally that is not working because it isn't the contract Stefan Diggs last year he just signed a new contract a contract worth 24 million dollars per year this year Diggs is set to make over 24 24.415 million dollars to be exact and over the next couple of years he'll be making 27 27 28 and 22.5 million so in the fourth and final year of that remaining years on his deal, maybe he'll want to redo it then. But 27, 28 million, that makes him the wide receiver too in terms of money being made. So it's not the money. And because it's not the money, because Diggs just redid his contract, because he is making a lot, it is tough for the Buffalo Bills to trade him. Right now, as a post-June 1st trade, it would be $13.2 million in dead money. The Vikings, or not the Vikings, the Bills would save less than $2 million by trading Stephon Diggs. They would just take on this $13.2 million cap hit, which isn't something you want when you're a team hoping for a Super Bowl. And it's not something you can afford if you're the Buffalo Bills because you also then have to replace Stephon Diggs as well. So I don't know what's going on. Does he want a number two to take some of the pressure off of him? Does he want someone fired? I don't know what is going on with Stefan Diggs. I wish I had an answer, but I don't. We'll continue to explore this as updates come in. You just never know when it comes to Stefan Diggs. You just don't know what's going on. The same thing happened with Minnesota. He grew frustrated with Kirk Cousins. They did not get along. And so he wanted out. Also didn't get along with Mike Zimmer and his run-heavy approach. He wanted the, to pass more. He wanted the ball more. 
And that's happened in Minnesota. He gets the ball plenty. They pass more in Minnesota. There were reports that he didn't get along with the new offensive coordinator, Ken Dorsey, wanted a more structured game plan instead of just huck it deep. But I got nothing. I don't know what is going on with Stephon Diggs. I wish I could tell you more. I just can't. But I can tell you about the Dynasty Dominator, but there's actually someone better than me to tell you about it because it is Dynasty Week. If you remember Dynasty Week all week long at Player Profiler, we had an incredible show earlier today on the Sonic Truth. Podfather, take it away. Now, I know many of you are looking for a secret weapon for your Dynasty League, and I have it. It's called the Dynasty Dominator app. You go to the App Store, go to Google Play. It's right there. It's $5 to download, and then every year it's $5 to load the next incoming class of rookies. You can add Superflex, add tight end premium. It's incredible because it allows you to look up players. It allows you to vote on whether a player is a buy, hold, or sell, and then see the market sentiment on that player. And you can compare their lifetime value rating from Player Profiler to their Dynasty ADP at the FFPC, all in the price lookup tool. And beyond that, we have a trade analyzer. So you'll never lose another Dynasty trade again. And in our settings, you can set, this is a win now team, this is a rebuilding team. And then we let you compare players. Look at their metrics side by side. Prospect metrics, NFL metrics. It's all there. It's five bucks in the app store. There's some add-ons for super flex and to buy the upcoming rookie class. Every year, you're going to spend $5 on this thing. And it's going to be well worth it. It is absolutely going to be worth it. As for other holdouts around the NFL, we have more updates. It's not just Stephon Diggs who is or is not holding out, but he did miss practice today. Jonah Williams, the former left tackle of the Cincinnati Bengals, he has shown up to mandatory minicamp. He no longer wants a trade. He wants to stay with the Cincinnati Bengals, compete for a team that can win the Super Bowl, and is ready to play right tackle. He is stoked. He is going to crush it. And that has to be music to the Cincinnati Bengals' ears. They signed Leal Collins last year. And I think Leal Collins might be a better football player, better right tackle than Jonah Williams is. But he's not exactly 100% healthy right now. And he has experience at left guard. So in order for the Bengals to get the best starting five on the field, maybe they have Jonah Williams as right tackle. Leal Collins ends up replacing Cordell Volson at left guard once he is fully healthy. And now the Bengals have upgraded the offensive line at three positions with just one move. They sign Orlando Brown. They upgrade left tackle. They move Jonah Williams from left tackle to right tackle, which let's call it a wash, but Leal Collins didn't end the year healthy. So it's an upgrade on the end of the year offensive line for the Bengals. And at left guard, you get Cordell Volson, who was okay as a rookie. He was a little bit overrated by a lot of people. People thought that, oh, rookie started all 17 games. He must be good. Not really. So the Bengals have upgraded their offensive line. Jonah Williams is no longer holding out. And neither is Devin White, linebacker for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, though he may be holding in. He has shown up to Tampa Bay Buccaneers mandatory minicamp, but he's not practicing. Todd Bowles says he's not practicing because... Well, he just showed up. He didn't come to OTAs. You want to see what he can do physically before we put him out there. Possibly. It's also possible that Devin White has said, yeah, I'm here. But, uh, you know, I've got a migraine today. I got a bit of a headache. You know, I'm I'm dehydrated. I My, my back hurts. I'm, you know, my, my toe's hurting. Just when you are an NFL player, we saw this a couple of years ago. 
you can no longer, unless you're under the franchise tag, like Saquon Barkley, we talked about that yesterday. Go check out yesterday's episode if you haven't. But thanks to the new CBA, you can no longer hold out if you're under contract. But you can hold in. This is something we saw from Joe Mixon and Alvin Kamara two, three seasons ago, where Joe Mixon, oh, he had really bad migraines for... For over a week, Joe Mixon had migraines while he was trying to get his new contract signed. Signs the contract and all of a sudden, nope, migraines are gone. I can practice again. And that's the thing, right? Yes, you have to be there in the building, but they can't prove you don't have a migraine. They can't prove as an NFL doctor, say, no, your head doesn't hurt. No, you're actually okay. There's no machine, as far as I know, that can say, nope, You are lying about having a headache. So maybe that's what Devin White decides to do as a hold in. Either way, he's expected to be ready for training camp, seeking 18 to $20 million a year. And knowing that he's probably not going to get it, he will probably start to practice at training camp and the hold in. But for now, not practicing. And neither is J.K. Dobbins. We don't know with J.K. Dobbins if this is injury excuse or... If it's a holdout, because remember, J.K. Dobbins had a pretty severe knee injury last year. We all remember that. And now he doesn't show up for OTAs, didn't show up, or at least didn't practice for minicamp today. We haven't heard if he was in the building or not. I imagine J.K. Dobbins probably in the building, even if he's not practicing. And he can do the same thing, say, nah, My knee, it's bugging me today. It's just a little sore, just a little stiff. But don't worry, I'll be fine. But I'm here. You can't find me because I'm here. We'll keep you updated with J.K. Dobbins. He wants a new contract. But much the same as Devin White, I think most of these guys will have to end their hold-ins come training camp unless they're certain they're going to get a new deal. J.K. Dobbins, with the injury and everything else, the limited tape we've seen on him recently, not guaranteed the Ravens give him a new deal. So I don't know if the, how long the hold-in will work. Continuing on with the Baltimore Ravens, though, we have some unfortunate injury updates. Rashad Bateman. Oh, Rashad Bateman, one of the pod father's guys. He had a cortisone injection the other day and will miss a few days of practice. So he's not going to play, not going to practice during mandatory minicamp expects to be ready for training camp, but this is not normal. Rashad Bateman getting a cortisone injection isn't a normal part of the healing process. It tells us he's got some issue. He's got some inflammation. He's got some pain, whatever it is. Rashad Bateman, his return from Liz Frank surgery is not going 100%. That is why he gets the cortisone injection. That's not something you just regularly do as part of healing. So it's not the end of the world. It could just be, hey, I had a flare up. It's fine. Just not going to practice for a little while. Or what it could be, and Jeff Mueller on Twitter, DPT, pointed this out. It could be that there's some irritation somewhere in the foot and that the irritation may be the hardware that was left in after the Liz Frank surgery. And if that's the case, there's a potential for a second surgery. And of course, a second surgery would delay a return for Rashad Bateman. So we are really, really hoping that 
this is just regular inflammation, regular soreness for Rashad Bateman. But we do have to remember he is coming off Liz Frank surgery. Sometimes that requires a second surgery. J.K. Dobbins, same thing happened last year. So not with Liz Frank, with the ACL, MCL, PCL, whatever it was. It's different. But we've seen this before with the Baltimore Ravens where they have to go in for a second surgery. And that would just suck. That would suck so much for Rashad Bateman. We are hopeful for Rashad Bateman. And... If you want to know more about Rashad Bateman and the rest of these injuries, download the Injury Finder today. Podfather's here to tell you all about it. Now, as we at Player Profiler have become a full-blown machine learning company, the crowning achievement has to be the Injury Finder. We're now taking BMI data and injury history data and assigning a probability that a player is injured on any given touch. And not only can you see a player's fragility rating, their injury risk, We also have analysis from professional physical therapists breaking down all the major players that underwent surgery last year and what their rehabilitation looks like heading into 2023. There's a tool to compare players. There's a database where you can say, show me all the foot injuries, show me all the severe injuries, show me all the injuries requiring surgery. It provides you the key market intelligence to know what is the difference in probability that player X versus player Y will miss games this year. It's great for fantasy football, and it also just satisfies your curiosity as a fan. Go to the App Store, go to Google Play, download it. It's 5 bucks every year just to reload the latest injury predictions and fragility ratings. The 2023 data is live now. Open your phone and get smarter. We absolutely love the injury finder. And while we hate the fact that Rashad Bateman is not practicing right now, we love that Odell Beckham is fully healthy. They're obviously not just going to say, hey, Odell, go run wild, go do everything. That's not how the NFL works. They are going to ease Odell Beckham in to practice this week. We only saw him catch one pass from Lamar Jackson today, but he has started to practice. He is healthy. He says he feels good getting out of bed in the morning. Odell Beckham is here. Odell Beckham is going to become a red zone god, as Billy Muzio said. Over under 10 touchdowns, smash that over for Odell Beckham. And John Harbaugh, sure excited about his wide receiver core. He's got Rashad Bateman. When he returns, he's got Odell Beckham as the veteran. He has Zay Flowers as the rookie. We've got Nelson Aguilar and Devin Duvernay as the 4-5. John Harbaugh is even comparing this to potentially the greatest Ravens wide receiver. I can't even get through it without laughing. So John Harbaugh. He pictures this group like Jacoby Jones, Torrey Smith, and Steve Smith. But Jacoby Jones was with the team. Steve Smith didn't sign until after the Super Bowl. So Steve Smith was great with the Ravens, but that came after Jacoby Jones was at his prime. And even then, Jacoby Jones was like a rotational three, a speedster, who a kick returner. Jacoby Jones, a lot closer to Devin Duvernay than any of these other players. And Torrey Smith speedster he was fine he was fun steve smith balled out for the baltimore ravens steve smith of course hates us here at player profiler but anyways i digress if i hope this i hope this group is better than the, the trio john harbaugh listed just funny that that is arguably the best wide receiver trio in ravens history and it's what a top is it a top 15 wide receiver trio in the nfl today Ah, yeah, that's that's where I'm at. 
Anyways, moving on for other injury updates. Hollywood Brown is dealing with a foot. We don't know if this is the same foot that bothered him with the Baltimore Ravens that he had surgery on. We will keep you updated on Hollywood Brown as of now. Assume that it's not a big deal, but we'll keep you updated. James Robinson. We also got an update on James Robinson. And yes, unfortunately, the injuries were the issue for James Robinson with the New England Patriots. He just couldn't stay on the field for practice, couldn't practice every day, couldn't finish every practice. <sighs> just sucks because James Robinson was so much fun. He was so talented. And then the Achilles happened and it it completely changed things. So James Robinson, I hope he latches on with another team. I hope this is not the end for him. I hope that James Robinson can have a Dante Foreman-like resurgence. But we'll see. As for the Patriots, Kevin Harris is looking slimmer and more explosive. And Pierre Strong looks ready to seize the RB2 job. So that probably made this cut a little bit easier. Still sucks to see, though, because we love James Robinson. Was a great story. Undrafted free agent. Hit big. And then the Achilles happened. Other injury updates. Dawson Knox was shaken up earlier today. Walked off with trainers. Returned to practice, but didn't actually participate in practice. So... We'll keep you updated on that. A lot of things to keep you updated on. I mean, it's OTAs. It's minicamp. Teams aren't telling us a whole lot. And the stuff they do tell us, it's pretty open-ended. We don't actually know what a lot of it means and how long it's going to bother. So maybe Dawson Knox practices tomorrow. We'll update you if he does. Same with Chase Claypool. We told you he's dealing with some injury issues. Few minor things is what he was listed as today. We don't know what it is with Chase Claypool. Last it was banged up. Now it's a few minor things. Either way, he is hurt. Kyle Pitts is trending towards returning for mini or for training camp. Knee is moving in the right direction. I think we all kind of forget that Kyle Pitts did have knee surgery this offseason, that maybe he takes some time to come out swinging. I prefer Drake London over Kyle Pitts for that reason, I believe. We also have Sterling Shepard, who is right on schedule and hoping to participate in training camp, hoping to be ready for week one. Doubt it. Being ready for week one, maybe, but he's probably going to participate late in training camp if he does at all. And finally, Brian Burns working his way back from ankle surgery. But man, Brian Burns looks good as hell in the number zero. I'll pull this picture up for you in a second, but Brian Burns, the guy is swagged out. The number zero is going to make a legitimate difference in the NFL this year. There are players rocking that number zero that it's going to take their game to the next level. It is swag city. Absolutely love Brian Burns. Finally get the picture up. I mean, look at him. Look at him. That is swag-tastic. Brian Burns is a dog. He is an alpha. That number zero looks good as hell. Any play in, player wearing number zero, going to get an upgrade. Going to get a boost from me just because of the swag factor. But anyways, on to some of the rookies across the NFL. Anthony Richardson, quoting Marshawn Lynch, gets asked about adjusting to the NFL, pulls the, I'm just here so I don't get fined. Anthony Richardson, he's the guy. He is fantastic. Apparently had a rough day at practice today, but even so, 
cornerback Kenny Moore, the veteran on defense in the secondary, says he's just got it. He wants it. He has it. And he just doesn't stop working. So we are excited about Anthony Richardson. Deserve to be the QB1. Is the QB1 in Dynasty for this rookie class. As for the QB who actually went number one, Bryce Young. He's with the first team offense, and it doesn't look like he is letting go of that job. The takeaway. The biggest little nugget that reveals a whole lot is when the Panthers would finish a drill, Bryce Young would start sprinting over to the next drill. And that's not uncommon, right? That's not something that you don't expect. But it was Bryce Young who would start sprinting, and then Andy Dalton and Matt Corral would be like, oh, well, what oh we, we got to follow. We got to do the QB thing. We got to sprint. Bryce Young already asserting his leadership over Andy Dalton. Bryce Young has won this job. I know it's not official, but Bryce Young, he moved to the first team offense. He's taking control of the locker room. This is Bryce Young's team. Unfortunately, his receivers. Adam Thielen has been the most consistent, and Adam Thielen is a little bit washed. Jonathan Mingo has looked pretty good reportedly, more fluid than the Panthers thought he was. DJ Chark starting to get back on the field as well. But bad news for Terrace Marshall. The Panthers have been disappointed with his consistency. They want to see more from him because he's had high highs, but also had some tough practices as well. Don't love to hear that for Terrace Marshall. Sounds as though he is trending to be the wide receiver for Jonathan Mingo taking his spot. CJ Stroud still working with the ones. And you can just tell that CJ Stroud is the guy, much like Bryce Young, much like Anthony Richardson. These three quarterbacks, there is just an air around them, just a vibe they give off, a leadership commanding vibe. You can't teach it. And these three have it. These three are the starting quarterbacks. Haven't heard the same about Will Levis. Hopefully he can establish that. And maybe he does have it, but obviously we're not talking about the QB2 that way when we know Ryan Tannehill's the starter. So we'll see. We'll also continue to see Jaden Reed and Luke Musgrave working with the once. That is fantastic news. Alex Dunlap said the other day, he and Maddie Kiwum were on the show together over on the game plan. Check that episode out. Maddie Kiwum and Alex Dunlap. Alex Dunlap says Jaden Reed will outscore Jackson Smith and Jigba this year. I am here for the hot take. Love that. Love the fact that Jordan Addison is going to be full go by training camp and love that Malik Cunningham is looking to become the next Julian Edelman, looking to transition to wide receiver, still doing a little bit of quarterback back things at Patriots camp, but Malik Cunningham, former Louisville quarterback. The Patriots have wanted this guy ever since Julian Edelman retired. And even when they had Julian Edelman, they were constantly taking shots on this caliber of player, the slot, the quarterback turned slot. That's why they had Lynn Bowden after he flamed out with the Raiders flamed out with the Dolphins. Tried to make it happen with him, but now, now the Patriots might have their guy, their next Julian Edelman in Malik Cunningham. Final bits of news around the NFL. Dalvin Cook is in no hurry to sign with any team. Dalvin Cook is going to wait it out. And that tells me Dalvin Cook is not getting the contract offers that he wants. And so he's going to wait for an injury to happen. And when that injury happens, he's going to take advantage, capitalize and say, hey, I'm still here. You can pay me to fill that role. But for now, Dalvin Cook not getting the offers that he wants. 
Jelani Woods is getting hype as the Dallas Goddard of the Indianapolis Colts. Jelani Woods, the tight end. Keep an eye on him in dynasty circles. He is clearly the most talented receiver at tight end for the Colts. He Moali Cox is the blocker. Kylan Granson sounds as though he might get cut. Jelani Woods just the only tight end that can stretch the seam like Dallas Goddard did with the Philadelphia Eagles. And finally, we have some updates from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and we actually have plenty. Baker Mayfield, the good with Baker Mayfield, loves his teammates. Chris Godwin loves his teammate. Mike Evans says that they are just the absolute professional of professionals. Chris Godwin is so professional that he changes his wardrobe partway through practice so that he doesn't get too sweaty and then start feeling bad and dogging it. Chris Godwin wants to be at 100% all the time. Interesting. Interesting how that spun as a positive thing. Other people could spin it as a negative thing. Oh, he's taking time out of practice to change. But Chris Godwin, he's got that dog in him. I'm not worried about it. Baker Mayfield loves it. We'll see what Baker Mayfield can actually do. But Baker Mayfield does not love his new or potential new teammate, Rodrigo Blankenship. Rodrigo Blankenship worked out with the Buccaneers yesterday. Baker and Rodrigo Blankenship on the same field. Baker tells him straight up, I still don't like you. Now, it was fun. It was in jest. And it's because Rodrigo Blankenship, when he was with the Georgia Bulldogs, beat Baker Mayfield and the Oklahoma Sooners. Just some fun. We all have all those kind of fun college rivalries still hanging on. But with Baker Mayfield, it's always just a little bit different. It's always funner to talk about. <laughs> Notice how I've made Baker Mayfield complimenting Chris Godwin, a potential negative thing, and Chris Baker Mayfield not liking his kicker from college and a joke, a bad thing. It's easy to do that with Baker Mayfield. It just is. I'm sorry, but it is. One final update from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, though. Sean Tucker is still not practicing. The hope is that he will be ready for training camp. But given, I can't remember if what injury kept him out that he was dealing with throughout training camp, but he also has the heart issue. So we wish, we wish Sean Tucker the best in getting to practice. We hope Sean Tucker has a long NFL career. But as of now, Sean Tucker is still no threat to Rashad White in this backfield. He's not even a threat to Keyshawn Vaughn at this point. 